0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Vallotto, joined, as always, by Chris Flum, to go over this week 13 matchup between the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. And Chris, this is a very pivotal matchup. And honestly, in the beginning of the season, I'm not certain if we believe that the Washington football team would be in playoff contention, but here we are.
2: Yeah, w- Washington started out the season one and four. They went two and four with Carson Wentz, who got injured in that second win. Yeah, They looked like they were just dead in the water in the first third of this season. And they have really come roaring back over the set over the previous six games going five and one with Tyler Heineke as their starting quarterback. And all of a sudden they're looking kind of like a playoff team and who knows maybe the entire NFC East could be in the playoffs this year.
1: Wild to imagine that after the last couple seasons of the NFC East, and I think two primary reasons for the resurgence of this Washington football team is the commander's defense, which we'll talk about later. But first, it's Taylor Heineke, because as you mentioned, Carson Wentz started this season, and they were one and four, and then they ended up being two and four, and then Wentz left, Heineke comes in. We all know Washington acquired Carson Wentz via trade, and Taylor Heineke assumed the place on the bench. But now, man, it's difficult, and Carson Wentz is healthy, and he's not going to take this job from Taylor Heineke unless Heineke melts down. It's Heineke's job to lose. But why do you think Taylor Heineke is so much more effective than Carson Wentz When you look at the two, Wentz seems to have so many more physical tools than a player like Heineke, who is Brett Favre light, and I really stress the light just in terms Mm -hmm. of being a gunslinger. But man, the team just seems to be galvanized by this kid's play.
2: Yeah, and I think that is kind of it. Yeah, Just looking at the two quarterbacks, Carson Wentz is bigger. He's stronger. I believe he's faster with the ball in his hands. He's got more experience. He has a better completions percentage. He's through, He threw four more yards in his six games as the starter than Heineke has in his six games. He's got a better touchdown-to-interception ratio. But Washington just plays better with Tyler Heineke out there. And I think part of it is the fact that he is that Brett Farvian gunslinger. He is a, an incredibly confident quarterback out there and incredibly competitive. You know, in some of the tape I was watching, I saw him lay blocks as a quarterback, which is, yeah, that's something that will always get the rest of your team on your side. When, you know, the, the pretty boy out there is getting his hands dirty, but also I saw him celebrate. A roughing the passer penalty when he was on his knees and got clobbered, and it resulted in a fresh set of downs, and he celebrated that. Like that's kind of the player that he is, and I think that does outweigh the negatives that are around him. Also, he is just as a passer, he has enough arm strength to execute those deep out routes, the deep, the deep crossers, the the play action explosive play er, i'm sorry the explosive passes off of play action to really complement their running game and he has a good rapport with their receivers he is able to throw with touch and timing place the ball well but you know there's also ways that he can be had as a as a quarterback otherwise washington wouldn't have replaced him
1: Exactly. And I think one of the ways that he can be had, it's similar to what the New York Giants would have done to Carson Wentz. And that is just get pressure after him, force him to make a decision, force him to quickly think. There are times over the middle of the field, just watching his tape from last week against Atlanta, where he had a wide open dig round. He overthrew it by about 10 yards, something that didn't seem like it was a miscommunication because it was Terry McLaurin, which I do believe is also one product as to why this team is successful on offense right now is Taylor Heineke isn't scared to throw to Terry McLaurin, but that's a conversation for maybe a little bit later. But in terms of Taylor Heineke, there's another thing that you mentioned that I kind of want to get your take on because I don't know if I fully agree with it. I think one way to actually defeat him other than bringing the pressure is forcing him to try to make those far throws across the hash because he does not have the same velo as a Carson Wentz. He cannot drive the ball like Daniel Jones. I think from an arm talent standpoint, there's a pretty big drop off between a player like Taylor Heineke and even a player like Daniel Jones. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would say he he doesn't have that upper tier arm. I would say arm strength wise he has enough where he can execute the 10-15, you know, the, the the deep shots that a quarterback is going to have to make with relative frequency, but he definitely doesn't have that rare arm strength where he can drive the ball 60 yards down the field or even you know 40 yards down the field in the air he can get the ball there but he has to put some air under it and that does create opportunities for the the defensive secondary especially because of one of his other real weaknesses that i've noticed is a tendency now it's not 100 percent of the time but he does have a tendency to lock on to receivers where he, he doesn't use his eyes to look off safeties to hold safeties in the middle of the field and expand receiving windows instead his eye discipline can lapse and he can lead defenders to the ball
1: yeah and when he does that too that can really set up a big collisions over the middle of the field. If you put your receivers in these dangerous spots, I do feel like, as I mentioned a little bit before, that rapport that he has with Terry McLaurin is something that Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin just did not have. And we've seen Terry McLaurin over the last several weeks. He's had multiple 100 yard games. Unfortunately, we remember week two last year where Terry McLaurin kind of got the best of James Bradbury. So I think you talk a lot about the rapport with the receivers. That's the primary matchup. And I would feel so much more comfortable, Chris, heading into this game. If the Giants had a Dory Jackson to kind of shadow scary Terry around the field. Unfortunately, we know it's going to more than likely be Rodarius Williams or Nick McLeod or, or a player of that like.
2: Yeah. And I do believe that Washington's receiving core can pose a big problem for the Giants secondary. And I think that probably would have been a problem, even if the Giants still had a Dory Jackson, simply because it, Jackson might be able to deal with Terry McLaurin, but he can't be in three places at once. He can't also take Curtis Samuel and either Jahan Dotson or Logan Thomas out there. So they have a pretty deep collection of skill position players and they're very different i think than what what dallas fielded last week well a little over a week ago and you know their guys are a lot quicker they're a lot faster but they're also a bit smaller (laughs) than what dallas has
1: Yeah, they're considerably smaller. Like Jahan Dotson's 5'11, and like I think he's a not like a tall 5'11, if you know what I'm talking about, like 180 pounds. And he was really hot with Carson Wentz, but we haven't seen much of Jahan Dotson since he returned from his injury in week ten. He only has two catches, I believe. And then for Curtis Samuel, he's been involved throughout the season and he's also used as a running back. So You have to really pay attention to what washington is doing with a player like curtis samuel this also isn't a team even though they have all these skill position players these wide receivers and tight ends like logan thomas who's back healthy john bates who had a touchdown last week and almost had two touchdowns but taylor heineke was i would say probably about a second or two late like he had bates and he waited that's another thing about taylor heineke is he's not the most instinctive sometimes he wants that window to really come open he's not as anticipatory as some of the other quarterbacks around the nfl but those tight ends they can they can make an impact as receivers. And I don't believe um, Cole Turner is is healthy. I don't believe he played last game, but someone maybe we can we'll check that out. If we had a producer right now, we'd go check that out. But <laughs> but we don't at the moment. But I honestly think this offense, similar to the Giants, they don't want to drop back 30, 40, 50 times a game. They want to run the football. And they have two really good running backs that I feel like could be one a running backs on other teams. And it seems like every other week it's someone different and they truly ride the hot hand. Like last week it was the Brian Robinson show. I mean, he had a receiving touchdown and that guy's hardly ever involved as a receiver. And Antonio Gibson kind of took a backseat to Brian Robinson. So I'm wondering how that situation is going to play out. And we know the giants have struggled with lateral runs all season. So what are you thinking about Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson?
2: I think that, I think they actually kind of in a in, in some ways play into the Giants' hands as running backs because they're both bigger guys. And the Giants have so far this year dealt better with bigger power backs than smaller shiftier backs. Yeah, you know, both Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are north of six foot. They're well north of 200 pounds, you know, 220 about. They're they do have good speed in the open field but they don't have that quick plant your foot and explode type athleticism that said washington has a good running game they've got a very powerful offensive line and they do do a pretty good job of mixing up their their running schemes the concepts they use now it's primarily all zone blocking but it's not all outside zone they make they mix in some counters they mix in inside zone they use some uh some pin and pull concepts so they're difficult to anticipate and that can make them dangerous if Robinson and Gibson can get just just enough room to build up a little bit of a head of steam because both of those guys are very tough to bring down
1: and Robinson seems to be the the hot hand right now, but Antonio Gibson's a little bit more of an explosive player, somebody you want to get out in space with screens and use him as a receiver. But last week, Robinson against Atlanta, averaged 2.89 yards after contact against Houston the week prior. He averaged three yards after contact. Like that's pretty good. And like, for reference, Antonio Gibson last week was not great in that area. He was averaged 1.67 yards after contact. It's probably one reason why we saw a lot more Brian Robinson who had his first hundred yard game in the NFL against Atlanta. And I'm sure they're looking at the New York giants right now and they're seeing how teams are running laterally on oh, the giants. They're going to try to use that stretch run game, probably try to use the pin pull concepts, the counter runs that have, I would say manipulated the giants linebackers all season. And they have some mobile offensive linemen as well. Like they, I feel like they've had Charles Leno jr at tackle and they're getting like solid play from this guy. And he was like a journeyman. who was with the bears for a while. You have players like Andrew Norwell, you have Cornelius Lucas and these names that aren't necessarily thought of highly, but they're playing relatively well from what I can tell. Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, Yes, definitely. And I do feel the, commanders are doing a pretty good job of mixing in misdirection and using Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin as using them on jet motion to just give the linebackers, the defensive line, just that much more to keep track of. In fact, I saw one nice play of theirs. I, I believe it was against the Eagles, although it might have been last week against the Falcons where they sent Terry McLaurin in jet motion baked the handoff to him and then did hand it off to Curtis Samuel on a jet sweep while Brian Robinson came up the middle on the power run. The, The defense had no clue where the ball was going, but even with all of that misdirection, it was still a quick developing play. That wasn't one where you had to wait five seconds for the blocking and everything to set up and things like that. Yeah, you know, teams are able to sequence those plays and build off of them. And yeah, you know, given the way the Giants have sometimes struggled with being in position in the running game, yeah, you know, that I think is something we're definitely going to have to keep track of.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because I watched a run last week in a second and six situation where the commanders and they're black unis by the way, which are fire to be honest. But they have they had Jahan Dotson go in motion in front of Taylor Heineke and shotgun with Brian Robinson to his left. And then they motioned him right before the snap, like it was going to be one of those touch passes. And then from the other side of the formation, they bring John Bates, their blocking tight end to kick out in a split zone type of fashion, the end man on the line of scrimmage. And then they just hand the football off of the mesh point in a zone read with Taylor Heineke. That's two moving guys in front of the mesh point. So you have no idea what the football is. If you're the second level defenders. And if you watch the linebackers, they're just jumping around and they're not really hundred percent certain where they're going to be. Also, you have a tight end to the run side, to the, to the quarterback side. So he's able to climb up to that, to that weak side linebacker, I guess it would be the uh, strong side linebacker there to take on, to take on, um, the linebacker. And when you think about that and you think about the New York giants, that's what the giants struggle with. (laughs) You know, the giants are really not strong in that type of area where there's so much eye candy in front of them. So I'm a little nervous about the rushing attack. Don't mind my dog. I'm a little bit nervous. And so is Phoenix, (laughs) I guess that's my dog, uh, a little bit nervous about the rushing attack of this Washington football team against this Giants defense that's a little bit injured at this time. But Chris, before we move on to the defense, do you have anything else on this offense that you want to mention?
2: Yeah, you know, I just have to point out one thing that we did bring up previously, and that is Logan Thomas. Tight end is back healthy. And I, I think anytime you have a dangerous receiving tight end and going against the Giants defense, you have to take note of that you know, we have seen what tight ends have done to the giants throughout the year and really throughout the last decade. And Logan Thomas, he is definitely a good receiving tight end. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. And Washington has been using a lot more of 12 personnel, those two tight end sets with Brian Robinson back healthy, uh, just to catch people up he missed the robinson the rookie missed the first part of the season after being shot twice in the leg in an attempted robbery i feel like his return has also kind of helped to galvanize the the washington team just as an inspirational story but having logan thomas on the field in those 12 personnel sets that's that's something i think that the giants are going to have to pay attention to i'm not sure if they can If their linebackers can deal with Logan Thomas, if they're going to have to chance nickel sub packages against this big run heavy offense that Washington uses. So it's going to be a tricky matchup from that perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if the Giants will call up Mr. Landon Collins against his former team to try and help their run support in the box and see if they can use them in those big dime type of packages, maybe in quarter packages that the Giants like to employ. But before we talk about this commander's defense, Chris, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. All right, Chris, the Washington Commanders defense, they were a laughingstock through the first four or five games of the season. But holy crap, first off, they're very talented. They have a lot of talented players. And secondly, they've really stabilized right now. They are the 10th best scoring defense on the entire season with an average point margin of 19.7. That's what they allowed 19.7 points per game for reference. The Giants allowed 21.1 points per game and they rank 14th. But in the last three games, Washington has only allowed 14 points per game and they're dominating some of these teams. Now, Houston is in there, you know, Atlanta is in there, but then Philadelphia is also in there. But when you watch some of these games, man, like they were competitive with Minnesota. They've just been on a very, very effective hot streak. What do you think or what are you most concerned about with this defense? Because there are a couple names here that are um, a little bit dangerous.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a defense we have to respect. It has its faults. Yeah, I, Every defense has its faults but they're good against the run, they're good against the pass, and they have, low-key, one of the scariest defensive fronts in the NFL.
1: Easily one of the scariest ones in the NFL. Daron Payne and Josh Allen, or Josh Allen, and Jonathan Allen are two of the (laughs) best defensive linemen in the NFL. They're on the same team. It's similar to what the Giants have with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. I would say the Giants have more uh pizzazz to them in terms of their pass rushing ability and i don't think either of those players are probably as talented or don't have the upside of dexter lawrence but together they form a a very very dangerous front i feel like every time washington plays the giants the giants interior offensive line has really struggled with the ron Payne and jonathan allen and more so than other teams like let's be honest they've struggled with a lot of teams recently because the interior offensive line has not been great but the giants face these guys twice a year and every time those guys make a big impact, and there's really not that much rushing room up the middle.
2: No, Payne is a he is a absolute horse out there. He is <laughs> he is impressively powerful, even among NFL defensive linemen. He is impressively powerful, and Allen is he, he's strong as well, but he also does have that element of quickness that pain doesn't have so they do form a very very dangerous one-two punch and then on the outside you've got Montez a guy who man just another edge defender I really wanted the Giants to draft back when he was coming out because it, how often do you see guys with his height his length who are also capable of running like a what, what did he turn like a 4, 440 or something out there he, he is very dangerous off the edge. He doesn't quite have the bend of some of the other edge rushers out there, but his power and length make him a handful. And he has also become one of the best run defending edge players in the NFL right now. And oh, by the way, the Washington might be getting Chase Young back.
1: <laughs> it's insane. And, and just to touch on sweat, his wingspan is almost 85 inches. That's in the 97th percentile for defensive linemen. He is. Has- Almost thirty-six inch arms. That is insane. Like I had to, I had to see this guy up close when I was interning for the Senior Bowl during the twenty nineteen season, and just watching him go through drills and just seeing how actually big and broad his shoulders are. It's like, wow, I cannot believe we're both human beings. Like he is a massive <laughs> individual, and when you compare him with Allen and Payne, like Sweat right now has forty-eight pressures on the season. Like that is a lot. Seven sacks, according to Pro Football Focus, but they don't count half sacks. Jonathan Allen, also seven sacks, but they don't count half sacks. 43 pressures. Deron Payne, a lot of people think of him as a, a run defender. He's 33 pressures this year. Like Those guys can get after you. And the thing is, Jack Del Rio wants to get after you with four. They don't blitz that often, this team. But despite that, they still rank fourth in pressure. So they're getting pressure by sending four, and they use a lot of twists up front, and they have physical defenders who can really be the penetrators, the hammer on those twists to set up the loopers. Very, very dangerous. And you brought the name up that I would really want to focus on, and that's Chase Young. Chase Young, we haven't seen him since, what, it's been a year. He got hurt last November. It's been a little bit over a year now at this point since we've seen Chase Young on a football field, and it was looking like he was going to play in week 12 against Atlanta, but he actually got sick last week. And then the, the Washington, I almost call him the Washington football team. The commanders decided to <laughs> sit him out and he didn't play. But now it looks like he's coming back. And that's scary because Chase Young, yes, he's going to probably be sprinkled in there. I'm sure the the um, Washington commanders are going to want to use Jason Smith-Williams, who is a player that has been playing significant snaps. F.A. Obada, who's another player who's been playing significant snaps and Casey Towhill as well. But you add Chase Young in there with his explosiveness and his ability to convert speed to power. If he's anything like he was before the injury, combined with sweat, pain, and Allen, geez, I don't know how this Giants offensive line is going to really block them effectively. The Giants might keep five or six guys in protection, despite the fact that this team runs four, just to really solidify the, the protection in the pocket for Daniel Jones.
2: Yeah, you talk about Chase Young's explosiveness and his ability to convert speed to power. It, it, back before his injury, I remember watching some tape of him in Washington's training camp, and he looked like he was going to break the blocking dummies out there with just how he was able to explode into them. It, it's really impressive, and I do think Washington was ki- Washington kind of had this game circled as to when young came back. I think that might've been why they took the very cautious route with his return from the injured reserve. And yeah, young hasn't quite lived up to the pre-draft hype. He hasn't been the new Von Miller. He hasn't or miles Garrett exploded onto the scene and just taken the NFL over. But I think kind of regardless of who the giants have out there, at offensive tackle, if it's Evan Neal or if it's Tyre Phillips or, you know, whoever, whenever chase young is on the field, especially if he's lined up at that right across from that right tackle, the giants might have to roll some protection that way. Or like you say, keep six guys back to block just to chip and double team because he, he is absolutely capable of being a handful and with the other guys they have on that off and on that defensive line, excuse me, you know, that, that is not a great matchup for the giants offensive line.
1: Yeah. And chase young, he might not be fully up to speed with his first game back, but still dangerous, regardless of that fact. And, I think similar to the Giants, actually, one way that you can take advantage of Washington—they're pretty disciplined up front. Like the play-action boot, like I don't think Montez Sweat is going to be falling for that too often. Plus, they like to align those edge rushers pretty wide, giving them a better angle on the rollout. So, depending on what front they employ, but that's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. But those linebackers aren't as disciplined as some of the other linebackers around the National Football League. So maybe counter runs, which the Giants like to. Use a lot. Maybe that can take advantage of Jamin Davis, who is an excellent athlete in his second year, but maybe not quite the the pin in type of linebacker, like franchise linebacker, quite yet. Like right now, Cole Holcomb is the best linebacker, and he hasn't played since their game against Green Bay and that's primarily because he was injured and then they didn't put him on the IR and they thought he would be healthy by now, but now they just placed him on the IR at the beginning of this week. So we're going to be seeing veteran John Bostic with Jamin Davis. And I think the Giants, look, they practiced on Tuesday full pads. They're working on the rushing attack. I think they're going to really attempt to add some new wrinkles or more consistent wrinkles to their running attack. They're going to use power gap. They're going to use duo, zone read, all those things, probably RPOs. But I also think they might try to employ some trap plays to, to limit the the overall point of attack ability of players like Jonathan Allen and De'Ron Payne, which is going to allow those offensive linemen to have easier access to climb up to the second level, locate Jimin Davis, and then hopefully isolate Saquon Barkley against these safeties that we're about to talk about.
2: Yeah. I think Jimin Davis is one of the weak links in this defense. He is, as you say, a fantastic athlete, but the mental process, I don't think is exactly there yet for him he has a tendency to be out of position. He can bite pretty hard on misdirection. So I fully expect to see a lot of misdirection from the giants. And I do expect to see the zone read back in the, back in the offensive game plan. Cause we heard today that Daniel Jones was able to get a little bit healthier over the giants mini buy, and he has ditched the knee brace he has worn over the last couple of weeks. So I kind of expect to see some more, some more design quarterback runs, some more of those, some more of those read option plays that were so effective earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, let's hope the Giants can get back to establishing the run because I think that's their best path to victory. But if they do want to throw the football, the secondary for for Washington doesn't have any big names right now that are playing. But I think they're really good, man. I think there are some really surprising players here. Kendall Fuller came away with the game-sealing interception off of a Deron Payne tip last week against Atlanta, and he's been around the league for quite a while now, and he's a good football player. But Cameron Curl somebody who stepped into the league a few years ago back in 2020, seventh round pick and i remember watching this kid in his rookie season being like oh crap they got one like that kid's gonna be good and and he is he's playing really well this season. he's only 23 years old but he has good size he's physical coming down and run support and he's smart because del Rio likes to run a lot of these match principles man cover three match quarters match you know two high safety read type of type of defenses where those safeties are reading the release of the number two or the number three, and then they're reacting. And I feel like curl isn't really out of position too often. And neither is this other player, Derek Forrest, who is a, who was a 2021 fifth round pick who came away with some really impressive plays throughout this year, just using his basically brain. Like, I feel like there was this play. I saw it broken down by Benjamin Solak against the Eagles where, where the previous week the Eagles ran a concept with a deep post and then a deep dig from the backside. And this forest kid baited the baited the deep post, baited Jalen Hurts to throw the deep post after sinking on the dig, knowing that he was going to bail back to the post because he knows Jalen Hurts' tendency to sink underneath the post and stay with that deep route. So he just knew what Jalen Hurts was going to do. So he baited that throw and almost came away with the interception. And little plays like that kind of speak a lot to a kid's ability to just, or desire, I should say, to watch film. So I think Derek Forrest is another player that you kind of have to put in this secondary and be like, that's not an easy player to manipulate or take advantage of.
2: No, and I would say particularly with the pressure, Washington is able to generate up front with just four guys. That means they can drop seven back into coverage. They could have a jam Davis out there to spy Daniel Jones. So if he has the green light to scramble again, yeah, maybe he won't pick up those 20 yard runs. And with this young secondary yeah, they're improving at a pretty good clip. Yeah. I, I, I can't quote the stat right off the top of my head, but I believe over the last four or six games, Washington is the only team that's in the top five against the run and the pass. And I think a lot of that is with this young secondary kind of coming into its own and the team really kind of coming together around Taylor Heineke and this run first offense that they've been using.
1: Now, there are some possible weak links on the back end. I think Bobby McCain is a good football player and he plays a lot of safety, a lot of nickel slot type stuff for this defense. So he'll be out there in their nickel package, which Washington almost exclusively uses nickel and dime. They're not in their base personnel package too often. But the thing about Bobby McCain, when you look at, him going up against the Giants that can be exploited is his height. He's five foot nine. So he's overcome that his entire career. But look at the Giants. They got six foot four Kenny Galladay, six foot four Isaiah Hodgins. And you're playing a defense that likes to run a lot of match principles. There are ways that you can get Bobby McCain isolated due to your route concepts, knowing the principles of this defense. Get Bobby McCain isolated on Hodgins or Kenny Galladay, and then hopefully try to win a jump ball situation. Now, this isn't something that you can do on every single play, but In certain scenarios, third and medium, third and short, whatever, that could be something the Giants can look to do, even though it would mostly be over the middle of the field because McCain doesn't align outside all that often. But I do think McCain is one player, albeit good, that the Giants can try to establish a true mismatch on.
2: Yeah, it could also look to how the Giants use Lawrence Cager out there as a receiving tight end. If they are using their own 12 personnel package to keep an extra block or maybe keep Uh, chris myrick back to help out the offensive line against washington's defensive front they could use lawrence cager as more of a receiver which let's face it that's a better use of him than as a blocker i really don't want to see lawrence cager trying to block montez sweat that that wouldn't turn out well however cager is six foot five so he's got almost a full a full foot on Bobby McCain out there. And if he is lined up at safety in the middle of the field, that is another area you could exploit, especially if you're also going with Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins as your one and two receivers, or I'm sorry, Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins as your one and two receivers.
1: Yes. And then there's, two other players i wanted to mention that are not going to be playing well one might but william jackson the third who they signed two years ago he's injured and so is benjamin st juice now st juice might play he missed last week against atlanta because he hurt his ankle in the week 11 game against houston but why i bring these two up is the replacement for these players is a young player named christian holmes and christian holmes is a 2022 seventh round pick rookie he has 61 snaps to his name. He played six snaps against Philadelphia in week three, and then he didn't play until last week against Atlanta. So that position, if there is no St. Juiced in this game, you're going to have Christian Holmes out there playing. And Christian Holmes might be able to be exploited, similar to what the Giants have. A lot of young guys in the secondary who need to step up. I felt like where Darius Williams did a good job doing that last week. I think the Giants can at least try to force this Christian Holmes kid to step up, especially if the Giants can isolate Darius Slayton against him on some of those play action shots that the Giants have been taking in these middle-of-the-field closed looks. So if you have cover three match, you want to take a shot, align Darius Slayton outside the numbers one-on-one against this Christian Holmes kid and make this kid prove that he is NFL caliber.
2: Yeah, I'm curious as to how much uh, middle-of-the-field closed, uh, cover three, cover one, type looks we see from Washington they I think tend to run maybe some more quarters that was something we were talking about before we started to record so it it might be interesting they might try to run maybe not a bend but don't break defense but definitely a defense that tries to keep the Giants offense in front of them particularly given how the Giants for the most part don't look very far down the field. They want to run the ball first. So I, I could definitely see Washington scheming to play downhill more than anything else.
1: Yeah. And if they are in those quarters, man, you better watch that strong side. Safety might be rolling down or that weak side safety, whatever they want to do to, to help and run support with two guys high. I mean, that typically means there's going to be less guys in the box, but a lot of these quarters teams are just rotating guys right down into the box to, to add that additional, that additional player in, in support. But, Play action passing attack. Hopefully, he can get set up off of that. Maybe the Giants can really steal one over the middle of the field. But we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with this Giants Washington matchup. Chris, do you have anything else before we get out of here?
2: Nope. I, I think we've done a pretty good job. looked at uh, Looked at Tyler Heineke. Looked at the Washington skill positions. We spent quite a bit of time on on their defense. I think this is this is definitely a winnable game for the Giants. They can break their. The losing streak they are on, you know, the two game losing streak, but the losing streak nonetheless. But this is also a game we can't sleep on. This isn't the same Washington team that we saw in the first five or six games. They're more disciplined. They're playing harder. They are very, very competitive. They're going to want to come into MetLife Stadium and get the win.
1: And they're on an incredible hot streak. I mean, they've won, what, five of their last six games. So the Giants are going to have their backs against the wall. The Giants are coming off of losing three of their last four. These teams seem to be going in the separate directions, but I think the Giants have an opportunity. It's The ball is in your court. You're at home right now. You have the opportunity to win this football game. Washington is not a more talented team than you. I think it's going to come down to who makes less mistakes. And the whoever makes less mistakes will probably win this football game. So let's hope that is the New York football Giants. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please rate, subscribe, comment, like this podcast, wherever you digest these podcasts, and head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content. Thank you very much. Take care of each other. Go Giants, and have a lovely day.
2: Perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.